Welcome to the Amor Propio podcast, the Latina journey to power and self-love. I'm your host, Adriana, and I am so excited that you have come to join me today. What I wanted to talk about today was how to navigate through corporate America as a Latina. So as I've mentioned before, I am a HR professional. So I work in human resources for my nine to five. I have been in human resources for about 10 years now. I started pretty young with an internship and kind of made my way up through the ranks with not only experience, but also education. And it has been one of those very eye-opening moments. I am, if not always, usually the only person of color. I have been the only woman. I have been the only Latina in the room when it comes to coming to the table. Now, because I am in human resources, I get invited to the table a lot. Um, And also because of my expertise in so many different realms of human resources, I get invited to the table a little bit more often than other professionals, which I am forever grateful for. But let me tell you, being the first person in my family to actually hold a corporate role has been such a challenge. This has been unknown territory for me. I don't have anyone in my family to lean on when it comes to the politics of an office. I I'm really navigating through this on my own and really leaning on my community to kind of help me out along the way or looking towards mentors or managers to lead me the right way. And I have been very grateful that I've had so many wonderful people on my side to kind of guide me along the way. So let's go ahead and rewind back and let's start from my very early years. So like I mentioned, I was an intern. And when I was an intern, I was actually in my undergrad program. And I've kind of made my way through about five or six different companies in human resources. And all of them had their own lessons to it. And I am forever grateful for each one. Um, Some I'm not too happy with, right? We, I had to leave a few of the positions because of unhappiness, um, or two, they had to leave me because of business decisions. And that's been the hard and trying part through all of this, really finding somewhere where I can land and I can say that I'm happy and I feel like I'm actually contributing. Because of course, as humans, all we want to do is be a contributor to kind of make something better than how we found it. I know that's ultimately my goal but to navigate through the politics and navigate through kind of having this new sense of work um, or new way to do work to kind of give you a little bit of a background. My mother is an early childhood educator, so she's a teacher for toddlers and infants. And my father was a mechanic for 32 years before he retired early. And he was an entrepreneur through the majority of that. Well, basically all of that kind of, you know, went ahead and and dabbled in a few different things in an entrepreneurial sense. 
So when it was time for us to go to school or to think about school, it was a big deal that we chose something where we can support ourselves. In my household, we had no other choice but to go to school. We had to get our bachelor's at least, at least a bachelor's in something. So I went ahead and I went through business and found myself in human resources. My career path and, and my chosen path, some days are much easier than others. I can absolutely admit to that. But essentially, I can say that I wake up every single morning and I'm content knowing that I'm going to make a difference in, in a few employees' lives. So, you know, I, I started as an intern and now I'm a regional human resources business partner for the Midwest and the Northeast for a distribution company that is heavily in the aerospace field. So it's brand new territory. Like I mentioned earlier, it's very male dominated, not very many people of color. And I have been very proud to pave the way for those who are coming behind me to show them, hey, someone like us can make it up the ranks and make it into this sort of level. Someone that looks like us can be highly educated and highly respected in the workforce. Like I mentioned earlier, I went through and have gotten a double MBA and I've been very proud of that. And I've actually been told time and time again, you don't even act like you have an MBA. Unfortunately, a master's in business administration, I guess, comes with uh, an ego trip, I guess you can kind of say, or it comes with some sort of negativity where people look down at others. And that's never been the way that I roll. That's never been something that I personally believe. Just because I've educated myself a little further than others doesn't mean that I'm better than anybody else. It just means that for one, I really do enjoy school. And for two, I really wanted to invest in myself and with the hopes that my investment in my education would have a good return on investment, which I can tell you after being in this role and after being in a few roles before this, I have absolutely made my return on investment, especially in a salary wise and also in a flexibility wise as well. So, you know, being a Latina in, in corporate America has its hardships. I will tell you, it absolutely does. Some days are a little uncomfortable when you're the only one in the room who looks like you or who has the upbringing that you did or that has humble beginnings or that you know that maybe the person next to you may be the same age or younger and they had their parents or their aunts or uncles or even their grandparents who have lived through this trajectory of corporate America. And here we are, the first gen individuals making our way through corporate America. I'm super proud of how far you've made it thus far. And I'm super proud for future you and all of the things that you're going to accomplish. But that's not to say that it's going to come easy. There's going to be a lot of tribulations that you're gonna go through. And it's okay. It's absolutely okay. And this is kind of where you start creating your network. 
I know I've met some individuals through LinkedIn or they're friends of a friend or they're a friend of a professional that I worked with at one point or I've interviewed people and they just seem like amazing people and I still keep in touch. So make your tribe. You don't go ahead and lean on people, pick a mentor that you believe is going to help you in those times of hard, hard times or difficult times because to go through this alone, it's a super lonely road sometimes and you shouldn't have to go alone. What you should do is make sure that you have that community of those who maybe already lived through it or for those who are living it, but maybe at a higher level of management. But ultimately, what you want to do is make sure that you are well equipped and you have those connections because you never know when you may need them in the future. And the biggest lesson that I have learned in corporate America is if you would have talked to me maybe three years ago, heck, even two years ago, I connected a lot of my own self-worth to my job title or my own self-worth to my job. It wasn't until I was laid off in 2022 where I realized that I am so much more than my job. I am so much more than my job title. And I had to go through quite a bit of therapy. I had to go through quite a bit of career coaching as well to actually realize this, that my title or my accomplishments in my career is a compliment to what I already am. And that is essentially what your career path is going to be for you. Whatever you accomplish, if you met sales numbers, if you were part of a project that was a multi-million dollar project for your company, it does not define you. It is a beautiful compliment to what you already are. And I have learned throughout my entire years of human resources that your career also shouldn't be the end all be all. There are so many different facets of you that basically build up you. A little sliver of that is going to be your career, but family and relationships and friendships and the joys that you have in life, or even if you're like me and you have a nine to five and you have a few business ventures in the background, all those things are little slivers of me too. It's really important that you find balance. There's nothing worse than getting burnt out in the corporate world. There's nothing worse than not being able to sleep or you are attached to your phone to the hip. I was at a job where it required me for my phone to be my, you know, my ball and chain. And I'd get phone calls at four or three in the morning and I couldn't even sleep. And that's also part of corporate America. If something does not serve you, do not stick around. Our biggest pivots and our biggest times of growth is when we get uncomfortable. 
it's when we choose a new journey, a new challenge. So while I may not be all on board for job hopping every six months or every year, when something no longer serves you, don't stick around. There's so much danger that can come from that, not only to your physical health, but to your mental health, to your pockets, to your family, to your relationships, and also to your career. Because believe it or not, each of us have a reputation out there in the world. And you don't want to be known for someone who just isn't a team player or who doesn't perform to the capability that they should. But once you start getting the Sunday scaries, start taking that as kind of your sign that it's time to look for the next opportunity and be very, very intentional for who you work for and where you work at. Because a lot of times our past experience really puts the path down to the possibilities in the future and the possibilities of growth. And that's really something that we were never told as first generation professionals because our parents never had to navigate through that. And also just be fully aware that because you do have blessings to either work in an office, to work remotely, to work a hybrid schedule, or even like a flex schedule, or you make really good money because you carried that burden of going to school and you finished, which if you did, congratulations, that there are going to be people out there that are going to try to pull you down because of it. I remember working in manufacturing and it didn't matter what manufacturing facility I worked at, but it seems to be that every summer, and if any of you know, Chicago summers can be brutal. They get hot and humid. That I would get an employee from the factory floor to come into my office or into the HR office. And they would tell me, Ay, pues que rico se siente aquí. Oh, well, how good does it feel in here? Which basically translate to, you know, how nice that you're in a cold office, you're sitting there pretty, and you're not suffering. And I kept my, my tongue bitten, I kept my mouth closed, because I understand, you know, they work in, in the dire heat, they do labor jobs, jobs that a lot of people wouldn't do. So I wasn't going to snap back or bite back. It was something within them that they were not happy about. And I wasn't going to give into that negativity. But what they don't know is all of the things that we have to deal with as an HR professional, all the complaints, all the investigations, you know, making sure their payroll was okay, doing the hiring and the firing and the disciplinary actions and all the things. And of course, well, yes, you know, we, we got to sit in that sort of environment. There was quite sacrifice for us to make it there. If it was the years of training, if it was the years in gaining a certificate, if it was the semesters that we put in for our schooling and how the debt that we carry, but they don't see all that. And sometimes you're gonna hear it pretty often and you just, you go along with it how you please. The best way that I go about it is 
I just kind of bite my tongue and be understanding and empathetic of where they're coming from because guess what? You're an extension of them. And because you are one of the only people of color in, in those offices, in those spaces, you are going to get quite a few people who look like you that are going to come to you and they are going to make you cry, but in a good way. I can't tell you the number of times where another young Latina comes to me or an older person of color comes to me and they say how proud they are. How proud they are that actually I'm there, that someone that looks like them, that someone who has the same roots as them has made it that far. And you are an extension of their sacrifice. And I think that is the most beautiful part of it all, that other communities or other ethnicities really don't get to experience as much. I'll never forget when I was an intern. I was an intern at an engineering business, a world-renowned business, and I absolutely loved my internship. And it was my first day or my second day, and I had someone come to me in my cubicle, and he said, I don't know you. None of us know you, but we just want you to know that we're proud of you. We're proud of you because you are the only Latina in the office and we know you're going to do great things. Now, mind you, I just started this internship. Mind you, I was a young 22 year old or 23 year old. And here was this individual, the age of my parents who don't know me, that just know that I have a Hispanic name and I'm Latina. And for them to be proud of me, it, I took it as if their journey to this country is being realized and that it's paying off because he was right. Everyone else was white. No one else spoke their language. No one else understood their culture. No one could translate things for them before I came through. And those words still stick with me to this day. And the way that I go through work is very much in, in the sense of, I want to bring everyone else with me. And some days are a little bit more difficult, right? <laughs> but nonetheless, just know that as a person of color or Latina, or just being the only one that looks like you in the room, representation really does matter. And when you are in these spaces, you have a huge responsibility and it shouldn't be taken lightly. There will always be people that are going to look up to you as you get into these roles. And sometimes we will mess up, right? or F up, <laughs> but nonetheless, we have to be true to ourselves. And throughout my entire career, you'll hear me speak to other individuals in Spanish or in Spanglish. And there have been companies I've worked at before that say, don't speak Spanish, we only speak English. 
I've been lucky enough in my more recent roles where it's embraced and it's okay if I speak Spanish to other individuals because they feel more comfortable speaking the native language to see their little faces light up when I can actually speak to them in a language or in a context that they understand has been such a blessing is asking for your self-worth Since I am in human resources, I'm on the other side of the table when it comes to job offers and negotiations and all of that. And I'm here to tell you, if you are just starting in corporate America, or if you've been in corporate America for a while, please do yourself a huge favor. If you do not do this, you're doing a big disservice to yourself. See what your market value is. If you are not getting paid your market value, make sure that you have conversations with your managers to get paid your market value. As Latinas, as women, as people of color, there is a pattern of us not getting paid appropriately. There is a pattern of businesses and companies giving us less than what we deserve or giving us you know, the lowest amount that they possibly can. And that's not at all right. I will always advocate for, for someone to get paid appropriately. And you should be paid appropriately. And you should know the different sorts of labor laws and regulations around getting paid, or even the different sorts of benefits and take full advantage of those benefits. And this is also where you also become a self-advocate, you self-advocate for yourself. So if there is a certificate that you want to go after, if there is a, a graduate program that you want to go through, if there's a seminar or if there's a conference that you want to go to, always, always ask and make sure that you tell them that is an investment in you. And in turn, they are going to get a return on their investment in you. And you are going to go to those conferences. You're gonna take those classes. You're gonna take that training and you are gonna absorb every single thing of it. So you yourself can go ahead and instill those skills, instill that knowledge. So you can go ahead and grow so you can make more money, so you can get those better titles, so you can go ahead and move up the ladder if that's what you wish. Or you can even pivot and even start your own company if you want. But it is very, very important that you always try to have your company, the business that you work for, to invest in you in all the ways possible. Trust me, they have a budget for it. And you should be the one that tries to take a little bit of that pot from the budget. Also, within being in corporate America, I actually had a conversation with someone who has been in, in corporate America for about 25 years. And I was wearing this really pretty bright blouse and another counterpart was wearing like a pretty like bright blazer. And she had a conversation with us and she said, you know, it makes me really happy that you ladies can wear these bright colors because when I started 
and when I went to business school, we were only allowed to wear the colors white, navy, and black. We were not allowed to wear a coral pink color. We were not allowed to wear a bright pink. We were not allowed to wear a beautiful bright yellow. But you guys are really bringing your yourselves or what sets you apart or your personalities through your fashion and through the way that you dress and the way that you are. Or before we couldn't, we had to conform. So, well, yes, you should still follow a dress code and a professionalism, of course. You are more than welcome and you should embrace your own personal fashion as well. I am lucky enough to have worked for corporations, for businesses that are not against different colored hair, that is not against tattoos. You know, some of our managers had full sleeves. As a Latina, you can wear your bright red lipstick or your beautiful hoops, or you can wear your beautiful colors or even your shirts with embroidery on it and there will be no judgment. But it's up to us to feel comfortable in those pieces of fashion that we feel so beautiful in and that really express us. And it's, if we don't do it, we're really doing a due diligence to ourselves and our culture. So go ahead and, and slap on that beautiful lipstick and put on those beautiful hoops or those beautiful big earrings and wear those beautiful bright colors because we're here to take up space we're not here to conform anymore we're not here to just wear black white or navy thank goodness i was not in those times because i very rarely <laughs> wear those colors <laughs> maybe black is an accent piece but i don't i don't give in to those really really dark colors all the time so make sure you show up as your authentic self whatever that may be because it really does make a big impact. And of course, overall, with being a Latina in corporate, make sure that you find balance. I have seen too many times and I have experienced it myself with burnout. At one of my roles, the one that I left about a year and a half in and I didn't have anything lined up, I was burnt out and it wasn't fair to me it wasn't fair to my family and that's where we start setting boundaries like i have a company phone but i do not have it attached to my hip i do not check it first thing in the morning my regions already know what hours i'm on and i keep communication with them and i'm saying i'm traveling on such date or i'm going to be on vacation on such date and I am not available, or I am in Central Standard Time, even though you're on Eastern Time or someone's on Pacific Time, it's up to you to set those boundaries. And it's up to you to make sure that you are taking care of yourself as well. As a community, we're, we're very much people pleasers, but the one person you need to please yourself before everyone else is you. There is a piece of advice that I actually got from a safety director when I worked in the manufacturing facility and I was working late one day and he's like, what are you still doing here? And I said, I have to finish this. And he told me, Adriana, go home. The work will be here when you get here tomorrow. And I say that to myself quite a bit. Adriana, log off. Adriana, 
go home. This will be waiting for me tomorrow. So make sure that you balance your work, that you find balance within life as well. Your work shouldn't be taking over your entire life. You should have joys. You should have other projects for yourself, such as passion projects, I like to call them, and then you set those boundaries. If you don't set them early, honey, it's gonna be super hard to get them back. I hope you enjoyed this episode and